Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Aunt May. One Mary Jane. One fortnightly discussion on comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Darman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric. It's a good night, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 219. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a buzzing noise in our music, our intro music, and every time, every time, I think it's my phone. Yeah. I think I've had that same problem. Because I'm an idiot. Of course, my ringtone used to be <laughs> that actual song. So whenever it was only for you, though. So whenever you called me, mm-hmm. it played our theme song. Who and calls now, like, I think that's like become the most old fashioned thing. Do you have any kind of weird notification sound on your phone? I'm I'm sure I still do from before I left my phone on vibrate. 100 mm-hmm. percent of the time unless i'm expecting a, a very important text or phone call and i'll turn it off but like that's once every three months maybe yeah um android phones have priority mode so i don't get notifications for anything unless it's uh an important contact uh my brother my parents work you're an important contact Ooh. you're you'll be happy to know mm-hmm. I feel I feel good. So, so when you when you text me dumb shit about wrestling, it wakes me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, good, perfect. Now I know, so I can have <laughs> I can do targeted strikes. That's true. <laughs> Just send you a text at three a.m. about Kenny Omega. I did not know he spoke Japanese. He's fluent. I learned, I learned that the other day. Yeah. He, he does it. He does a very good job. He speaks very politely, which was. What I was surprised by. They, they wouldn't let him speak. Speak for, rudely. They, no, he wouldn't let him speak in Japanese at all for, for a long time because he was a heel. And mm-hmm. the Japanese audience would immediately like him if they knew he could speak Japanese. Yeah, so I think. They, they, they forbid him from speaking Japanese. That is the interesting thing about seeing all these all the white boys in Japan is that sort of by default they're already playing the he's not from here card mm-hmm. you know it's just it's interesting to see that one of the really cool things about kenny is the fact that he, after he won the g1 the first time um which he could theoretically win this year it's not over yet um but he did a promo in english and then japanese and the japanese crowd immediately started like cheering and crying and and laughing at him as he was making japanese jokes jokes in japanese i should say maybe maybe we should save that talk oh for the yeah it's probably true hey guys we're talking about spider-man in Nerd book club this week one more day by j michael straczynski and joe casada the the heavy breathing i uh, please take note yeah i it's labored it's been a, it's been 10 years plus 10 years I've, I've, i haven't read it since it came out and my god i did not i did not expect it to create such emotional response for me 
I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Oh my god! <laughs> like I had, I had to reading it. I had to. I took a, a breather. I had to. I was really. This is a this really is a heavy day. Me. It really bothered. It still is. It's still on. <laughs> it's an auspicious day in uh, handsome boys' history here. Yeah, it's one of them. It's gonna be one of them hate book clubs. That's 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 you know how we do. That I might it might be it might top the crow. I'm I'm looking forward to the discussion. <laughs> uh, I definitely don't have that much I know anger for it. You but don't, you let's don't... let's see what we got. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. So you guys have that look to f- look to look forward to, I suppose. Uh, that, before that, we have comic books that came out uh, the past couple weeks to talk about. It is time for floppies fortnightly. Floppies fortnightly is where Eric and I will talk about review. The, some books some comic books new ones from the past week or two tell you to buy or do not buy them um if there is some if we're mushy if we're kind of wavering how we feel there is a mush meter for that very purpose it goes from one to five our first book is action comics 1001 script by brian michael bendis art patrick gleason colors alejandra sanchez letters josh reed so eric robbie Remember how I was kind of upset about that Man of Steel book? Because mm-hmm. I really liked half of it, and then the other half I hated. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no new space doom Lobo guy thing in this. This so DC, I didn't know, not know this at the time, but DC wisely understood that there are people like me, psychopaths, <laughs> insane people like me, who mm-hmm. who are very precious, and they just and. And so there are two Superman comics. There's Superman, which is more space stuff, and action comics, which is more ground level stuff. Earth, Metropolis, Clark Kent. So this is what I this. want. This is what I want. Yeah, this this is the thing mm-hmm. I want. I like this. Yes, it's good. It doesn't have space Lobo Man, Doomsday Lobo, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. That night Lobo Night. Doombo. Doombo. <laughs> That's a stupid <laughs> <laughs> but it has it has Superman, sta- you know, flying in front of American flags and humor, and a girl that's dressed like Jubilee. It their gossip columnist dresses exactly like Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And you know, rumor is she's a vampire. No, she's not a vampire anymore. I know that. Okay, the and gossip columnist is right. Got it. Uh, that I, was my joke. I I get it. I'm um, sorry. I need, to, I need to slow this down a little bit I, for you. I'm. There's so much rage filling my brain from the Spider-Man. <laughs> You're going to have to, you just have to work around it, I suppose, for today. Mm. Until it's expelled. I guess so. Um, Gleason's art is really pretty. Mm-hmm. And he draws. It looks great. I really like how he draws Clark Kent. You, I think that's re- that's always been a, a nitpicky thing to me, is that very few artists draw them differently. Mm-hmm. When you know it's just Superman in a suit when he's Clark Kent or whatever, and I'm like, no, Clark Kent should be like. When I think of, I think of Frank Whiteley drawing him in All Star Superman, you know how he's like this slouch, dumpy dude in loose, baggy clothes, and you know he changes his gait entirely. That's what you know. Clark Kent has kept this disguise for so long. And it's not because it's like everyone makes that joke. Oh, he just puts on glasses and suddenly he, everyone's fooled. Like, well, no, he changes everything about him. He doesn't talk the same. He doesn't look the same. He doesn't act the same. 
like, yeah, would you go, if someone looked, if you knew a guy who you worked with and he's like, oh, he looks like Superman, would you immediately go, oh, you're Superman, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, no, he just looks kind of like Superman, but he's not Superman. I accuse people I work with for being, being super- superheroes all the time, like all the day, just forever. Um, this is, yeah, this is the book I wanted. So buy, buy it. I like you, this. You, you have it. I have it now. DC, listen to me. Mm-hmm. A comic book company listened to me and gave me what I want. Mm. Now I feel suspicious. Who is this gross looking dude with the boot print in his face? Oh, of the hero, the the villain lineup? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That guy to the left of him is fucking Capullo. I don't know who the hell he's supposed to be, but he looks just like fucking um, Greg Capullo. I mean, sure, might as well be. I, I mean, sure, he's he's got to be. I don't, I don't know. I can identify most of these men. I do not know who Bootprint Man is. He's really disturbing looking. I think that's the idea. I'm a buy. I like this comic book. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. like the. I think the Bendis. That's what I when I thought of Bendis writing Superman. I thought of him writing newsroom stuff and low level. That's what he's always been best at. I don't really I think most of his big superhero stuff is not good. I think his low level, street level, everyday people, newsroom, whatever, always good. So I'm a buy on this. It is a fun book and I like it. <laughs> what else what else is there? You should buy it. So double buy on Action Comics one thousand and one. Next up is Justice League Dark. I feel like number one. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and finish the credits. Okay, written then, by... I'll, then I'll talk about this book. <laughs> okay, James Tinney the fourth is the writer. Pencils Alvaro Martinez Bueno, uh, Rob Fernandez on inks, Brad Anderson colors, Rob Lay letters. What are you gonna say, Eric? Well, first of all, this Swamp Thing is Alan Moore. <laughs> they gave him the Alan Moore haircut and beard. Um, he's a shaman. Do I need to present you more evidence? It's Alan Moore. Um, okay. This is like the third or fourth Justice League Dark book. It is. That we've we've read like three, maybe, Justice League Dark number ones. Mm-hmm. In, in the limited history of this podcast, I think it's just one of those things that it's like Teen Titans. They just can't seem to make it work. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just like, hey, guy, go write Teen Titans. And he's like, okay, here's some jokes about cell phones. <laughs> and this, they're like, okay, here's John Constantine. Satana. Yeah, this is stuff. I this is this is so much better than any other incarnation of of this book that we've seen up till now i i think because it has a sense of humor <laughs> i think it's like i i feel like Tenyon has gotten very skilled at navigating through the the rocky ass waters of dc and it feels like he's writing this and it, like it doesn't feel like his wings are clipped you know he's written a lot of things with a lot of top tier people and read it and i'm like okay like i can find a kernel of something good here it feels like he's working with a lot of limitations like it seems weird to put fucking wonder woman in this story 
I'm really wondering whose idea that was, but like, I, I don't dislike this at all. It, it can kind of work and I'm really interested to see where it goes. I, I mean, I, I, I enjoy this. I, I talking like, monkey and all. I like yeah, I like Detective Chimp, and yeah. I like Man Bat as well. Man Bat, Man Bat, and Detective Chimp are fun, new, weird like characters to add to this roster. Well, they they wanted their own version of Howard the Duck for DC. I mean, sure. Uh, I think Wonder Woman is. I I like her on this team. I like her as a leader mm-hmm. because you know she is one of the Trinity, and she is. I mean, I think that the Chimp points it out. He's like, no, everyone likes you. You're a ten foot tall supermodel with mm-hmm. a sword. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it's that that dichotomy that that the the that stark difference between her and the the swamp monster and the talking chimp and the Batman that's a man bat. And I mean, Zatanna's also a, a regular looking, attractive lady, so she does have the magic stuff going on, I guess. But Mm-hmm. I I think my I like I like all the characters in it. I like how it looks. I think it looks really nice. It really manages to balance the horrific stuff with the subtle kind of like the that that scene with Constantine and Zatanna outside of the mansion. I really enjoy how that looks and really sets the mood. Like they manage just to bounce back and forth between like very moody, shadowy kind of noir stuff and like a creepy scene with uh thing monsters popping up out of out of a morgue um i don't it's we have to it's a we have to save the world and one of us is the reason it's gonna fall and i just why i've we've seen that same hook Mm -hmm. a lot recently about here's this here's a cast of six one of these six people is the harbinger of the harbinger of the apocalypse but what what really I don't know what what really are we gonna see that's that that's that different. I I I don't know. I I kind of feel like they have tried this so many times to make this team work. I think to tell a simple story and get interesting characters on the page, not acting like shit. I think that's a that's a feat in and of itself. If they can put these characters in a box and make them work and tell the most basic of superhero stories, I'm relatively okay with it. I think they can go on to weirder things if they can make it past issue 12 of this. I don't know how many issues there were of of the other Justice League darks, but my guess would be not many. I think the first iteration did well enough. Did it really? That's uh, surprising. The, new, the first New 52 version. I think they want to make a movie out of this, so I think there's push for that to be a comic book series as well. Yeah, the first one, the New 52 version, ran four years. That's uh, surprising to me. 40 issues. Good for them, though. I wonder what the sales were like. Yeah, probably enough to stay afloat. It was a different cast. Um, I'm... I... I, I Okay, I'm not saying I'm not. I am still a buy. I think I mm-hmm. I appreciate the character and them interacting enough that I don't necessarily care super much about this big world ending calamity that they've got to stop and the magic dying and all that. I'm just I'm here for the ride. I like the characters. I like Man Bat and D- Detective Chimp along with Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I- I'm a buy. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely. Read it. So double buy Justice League Dark number one. Next up, Jessica Jones 
number one, written by Kelly Thompson, art Matea de Ilis, and letters by Corey Pettit. So, first time Jessica Jones' book has been written by someone other than Brian Michael Bendis. He handpicked Kelly Thompson to to su- succeed him. Mm-hmm. Take my baby. Literally, She's in, so in this precious. case, there's a baby in her. There is, there is a... Well, a small child. There's a toddler in a stroller. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps a lazy child in a stroller. It's unclear. She looks huge. I mean, I'm a- Luke Cage is her dad. They say you get your size from your mom. Who's they? Science. Science is a, science is a they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Gender neutral. A collective noun. Got it. Uh, what do you think, Eric? Um, it's weird. It catches the tone just right. I mean, I, I, she's got a good ear for the character. I enjoy it. I've always enjoyed Jessica Jones comics. I don't like how it looks like it's trying to look like Kristen Ritter. Um, I'm just not really a fan of her portrayal of the character compared to the comic, but I feel like tonally this works really well. It is, uh, it is grumpy detective lady troubled and wandering around in the Marvel universe, which is, this what I like. Um, when you say you don't like how it looks, you don't like how the book looks, or you don't like how no, the I don't character like looks? how, yes, I don't like how. I mean, I understand why they done it, and it's a thing that we've pointed out many, many, many times, but it's like kicked into overdrive the past year and a half, maybe, that everyone looks more like the MCU or the DC. Like, like that looked like Gal Gadot in the, the Wonder Woman and Justice League Dark. I hope you're ready for a Jason Momoa, Jason Momoa Aquaman comic book. I am not interested in that. Well, too bad, because <laughs> we're reading it anyway. Oh. I don't really does need it, to see it. Does that's, it, does it change your mind if it's Kelly Sue writing it? Uh, I did see that Kelly Sue was going to write that, and that is the weirdest thing. I mean, I am I am more a fan of Kelly Sue the person than Kelly Sue the writer. So I am v- very interested to see what in the fuck that's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's basically my opinion as well. Uh, yeah. I, I think this book is exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, set, it nails the tone very well. It nails the character voice very well. I think my my only question for my for me personally is if I have the appetite for another story like this, you know, another mi- murderer's mystery kind of on with low level, you know, Marvel characters doing stuff. Oh, well, I mean, what else is there for Jessica Jones? I mean, uh, you want me to? Mi- are you are you hiring me? Yeah, just 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 write one right, right. now. Uh she hmm um um Jessica Jones decides that she's tired of being a detective and decides she's going to be a superhero again and then she fails. <laughs> that'd be my I'm book. Mad. That, I, that I, that'd be my comic book. It wouldn't be very complicated. Yeah. Um 12 issues. I don't like that they killed White Rabbit off you know in a in a text bubble <laughs> and i'm very glad that elsa bloodstone did not die yeah I'm me, also me too. pumped up that she fucking hit jessica jones in the face with a guitar she did do the that. fucking the fucking guitar like flips around though if you look at it like the horns on it change change around i just noticed that right now looking at those panels hope somebody got fired for that blunder uh, is this some kind of magic xylophone? 
I I think uh, despite my misgivings, I am still a buy. Yeah, it, no, it, it I, is a good example of this thing. I'm I am pumped up for it. I'm really excited about it. I think I I don't mind how she looks. I think the art is mostly good. Aside from that, um, I like Luke Cage uh, <laughs> critiquing children playing basketball. That was the cutest shit. I loved that. I loved that. He only That's goes so great. He has to go dad some kids. He's like, come on, playing no, guys, guys, you have to. You gotta, you gotta observe their offensive tendencies, and if they only always go right, then you gotta make them go left. Um, that's 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 very good. Double buy on Jessica Jones, number one. Uh, next up is Tony Stark, Iron Man, number two, written by Dan Slott, artist Valerio Shidi, colors Edgar Delgado, letters Joe Caramagna. So, uh, finally, a real issue of this, I guess. You know, the first one was kind of a a a overture, I would call it. Almost. It almost... Uh, 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 the gang's all here episode. Mm-hmm. And now this is, I, I, I assume this is a peek into what, a closer what this comic book will be from issue to issue. Um, what do you think, Eric? You like it? I do enjoy it. I have to turn off se- segments of my brain to enjoy it, but it's fun. You know, I think that I don't know. Like I, my my real introduction to Iron Man was that first movie. So it's not like Spider Man where you do. I mean, most of this fits with him though. He's not even doing anything that weird. I'm just sort of comparing this in my head to any of the Spider Man that Slot's done, and I think I'm willing to let him get away with a whole lot more. But even this is kind of he's so far really sticking to sticking to his netting. There's nothing really all that weird. It yeah. makes no sense why it's a really it really makes no sense why they would have to take one AI out of the super suit and put a different one in. I I don't I don't think I like this. I find that really strange. Why can you articulate that? I think this is it's comic booky and fun. And it's the same way that I felt about the original one. I just like I don't think too deeply on it. I let him get away with his technological hand waving. <laughs> there and... is there is some there is some of that that bothers me, but that's not. I don't think that's the the big thing. I think I can. Yeah, I, I, I think I, have I can to let him do it. Yeah, I think I can ignore most of that. I don't really care about. Yeah, we switched. We have to move the AI from here to here, and uh, yes. Because of course, whatever. Um, I just I, and I should have. I don't know. It's. I I think I I think I started to understand why why certain dance slot books really work for me and certain ones just don't. And the ones that have worked for me are the ones that are more focused. The ones that are on one or two characters. You know, Silver Surfer had Surfer and um, mm-hmm. what's what's her name? I can't remember her name I, right now. I I just the lady. Yeah, she the was com- the lady. Her, his I companion. Don't, her, his companion, yes. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, when we were reading the book, I could have remembered it, but it's not going to stick with me. And then, or his Ant-Man book. Uh, it was just about Ant-Man. Um, this has this big cast, and it bounces around. And I, th- and I think that's the sell in this book, is like, you mm-hmm. have Stark, but you also have Rhodey, and you have uh, Jocasta, and you have this this 
all the people, all his employees. It's, it's like the office almost with these little vignettes away from where suddenly the, the, the kind of dorky, uh, 50 year old programmer dude is has a has a crush on tony stark's mom because she was a lead singer of i guess that happened to the gillen run because i didn't because I, of course oh, it did I, I don't remember yeah of course there's a rock star he was woman. he was a lead singer of a uh a girl's close harmony uh singing group of course but that doesn't that doesn't sound like Karen gillen at all no having a just writing a character like that in there um yeah i I just there's just so many characters going on and it feels like Rhodey has this PTSD stuff happening, which is good. I, I mean, I I don't mind that, but it feels like it's just a, a bullet point in the list of things happening in this comic book. And we bounce around. We're like, hey, we're following this big fight with this thing. And I don't feel I don't feel like there's any danger around it doesn't feel like there's any i don't feel like there's tension and then there the thing that makes me go maybe i'll get the next one is the thing where tony's like oh i think yeah i revived us but i think i came back wrong that's interesting i like i want to know about that but i don't really care about his cybersecurity expert who's been brainwashed and i don't really care about the dorky programmer dude and i i care about roadie i don't really care mm -hmm. about like I want to know what Tony's thing about being coming back wrong is, but I a lot of this cast and just like they're fine. I don't know what if like they're not folks. You don't get enough time with them to. I don't feel like I care about them enough. They're just there. I don't care, man. You put robot chicks in anything, and I'm basically there for it. <laughs> it, it and it's not that this is bad. I feel like it is for what this is. It is a good example. It is you know, and that's a thing I think we've always said about Dan Slott and his writing is that despite our you know we'll have personal misgivings about things but it's always well executed and tight and mm -hmm. the dialogue always feels right for technically it's more like uh, i don't like how this is and i just i don't know my i i don't also think i've never been a big fan of zany tony stark i've always appreciated more technologist warren ellis template uh, tony stark that came right extremist tony stark that came out right around the first movie um I, I don't know how to put that down in the description. I assume you're just a buy, right, Eric? I don't see any reason not to be. Okay. I mean, it's uh, it's good. It's fun. I mean, I'm it, it it is not going to make your brain work too hard. So I I I think that the the parts of this that you're having problems with, I'm more or less just like, eh. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I think I'm a, a very I'm a super mushy buy. I'll say it. here's the here's this how I'll figure this out. I'm a super mushy buy. I'm a buy mush meter four, and I will I will follow. I'll see how that first trade works out and see how what the what that mix is at the end of the day, and I'll kick the can down the road. So double buy Tony Stark Iron Man number two mush meter average of two. Take that can. Take that can. Our last book of the week is the New World number one. Written by Alice Cott, Art Trad Moore, Colors Heather Moore, Flats, Yes Flat, Letters, Clayton Cows, Design, Tom Muller, Production Artist, Ryan Brewer. Alice Cott is a bit of an odd writer. Very much so, yes. I would not have, we would not be reading this book if it wasn't for Trad Moore. Mm-hmm. Which. Nothing, no knock against Alice Cott, though. No, I. Not for me, anyway. I, I have no, no problem. No, 
it's just not for me is what mm-hmm. I can usually is writing. But I, I don't know if it's just Trad Moore is one hell of an artist is enough for me. But yes, it is. It's comic books and it's OK to do that. Um, Like, I feel some of the writing in this is clunky at times. Um, But God. can you give me an example of something that bothers you? Because I don't really have any um, big issues, but I also have read a lot of Jodorowsky comics. <laughs> I guess it's not, it's not the plotting or anything like that. It is the, that some of the dialogue feels, it, it calls attention to itself. Mm. In, in the, it, subsi- here, specifically, I can reference, there's one point specifically that I would see it is when um, uh, Maris, the main character, or one of the two main characters, I suppose, uh, she's in her her apartment and her cat is there and she calls it my absolute unit. And this is the future, right? Mm -hmm. And that's modern day slang. And this person theoretically is older than is too young to even have understood that. Like the, the, she was not alive when that was on, like she would not be alive now, which is when that meme stuff is present on the internet. And I'm not. I'm not even sure. You don't know the unit what that joke, the unit stuff. Mm-hmm. The that what an absolute unit. What a like. It's usually when you. It's it became. I don't really naturally know the origin. I'm sure if there's. It's. I'm sure it's cataloged on all our meme history centers online. But uh, it's usually into. I I use it. Usually see it in reference to like big pets. Mm-hmm. Like a big fat cat or a giant dog. You know, the look at the look at the size of that thing. It's an absolute unit. I think it's or originated for something else, but now it's of course devolved down to cat pictures because everything is. Um, Seems like a bunch of mean fat shaming. That I mean, it's the internet. Yeah, well, fuck this. Um, I usually, I mean, I don't usually see it when it's about it's about pets. So pets are, but regardless. Well, the uh, the know your memes page about it is ninety uh, percent about fat people, and then goes on to people attributing it to anything okay i mean again it the meme itself doesn't doesn't matter to me it's the fact that she says it yes and it's not that like it's a minor thing but it's a thing Mm -hmm. that i it it stood out and that's bad your writing should not call attention to itself it should feel like you shouldn't see it as writing It, it 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 reads as um I don't know. Old man making cell phone jokes. It, uh, it comes off just like that. It makes it look dated. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of like there. There's a bunch of weird references. Or the fact that the character is named Kirby Miyazaki. Yes, Kirby Miyazaki. That like I'm positive all the Hey Kirby's is a reference to fucking Aesop Rock song. And then there's fucking like grill radio lyrics in the song or in the in the fucking comic mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And I, I like you can I can deal with music lyrics from an older period because we still listen to fucking Jimi Hendrix and it's sixty years later. Um, well, it makes me wonder what all this bullshit's supposed to mean. Like, what? I don't know. It's just odd. I mean, that's it, how I would describe Alice Scott comics generally is that they yeah. are odd and they have weird, odd things in them. Isn't he the one that did that one with like the three or four kids that got superpowers inexplicably? Yep. Generation, yeah, I remember generation that. gone. Um, uh, that being said, Dreadmore drew this comic book. So I'm a buy. This thing is fucking gorgeous. It is a really neat looking book for sure. 
I feel like um, I haven't enjoyed a lot of um, the random here and there issues that he's drawn, but I feel like his heart is more in this one than uh, in work, previous work, stories. Work for higher Marvel books. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot more fun to see Trad more drawing um, like the cuddlier version of uh, Judge Dredd, Judge Dredd, the reality show. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, th- that concept in itself is like, I, I, I don't care that, the, I mean, it, it is done and done and done, but these characters are, they are, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go. You know, that, that mm-hmm. is, the direction is something that is interesting, and I, again, will draw, you know, I will buy, if Jad Moore is drawing it, I will buy it. And this, frankly, I feel like this is better. I feel like he's getting better, this is better than Luther Strode. You know, I, I like this more than Luther Strode. feels more nuanced. Um, and his wife's doing it, the colors, and I think they're also really good. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It's nice and rainbowy. Mm-hmm. Makes me happier. Mm-hmm. I'm a buy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a double buy for the new world, number one. That's it uh, for floppies this week. Uh, we did not read the second issue of Amazing Spider-Man, but there are clones in it. I know you texted me very angrily that, um, that you're upset I, that there's clones in it. I, I really want to read it. Well, the world's your oyster, Mr. Goodnight. <laughs> I suppose so. I do like oysters. I can't make I you... really do. I don't like oysters that much. I think they're they're okay. They're, th- that is exactly how I feel about oysters. If I'm drunk, I think they're good. Well, let's, let's put some beer in that tank. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to in the past couple of weeks, what we've seen or done or played or read or whatever, whatever we want to talk about. Honestly, um, I have a question for you, Eric. Okay. How do you feel about Deep Rock Galactic? I have enjoyed it. I was, I've gotten a little bit better at it. I uh, earlier today. Do you want to? Do you want to play after we record? Um, maybe we'll see. I played with Brad a little bit earlier today, so I'm getting, I'm getting more comfortable with it. It's, it's fun. It's got some glitches in it. I was planning on maybe talking about it a little bit anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like it. It's, uh, it's nice to be getting together with the gang again and, uh, um, doing some, some co-op. So it's fun. I feel like we 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 did hots together, didn't we? We did. Yeah. I, I Kim to... never got into your wife never got into hots, did she? No, she did not. I had to quit that game yeah. for my own my own health. I understand. You you cannot just kind of do something for a little while. So we've all kind of just started playing this and I'm at level four, my brother's at like level twelve or thirteen. Robbie's at like level twenty five already. Twenty two, thank you very much. Okay, well, I'm sorry that I modestly overstated what a maniac you are. 25 is the cap, so I haven't got there yet. Well, they will, they'll be taking that cap off just for you. I'm sure they will change it eventually. Oh, yeah. I think, they, I think they, need to, they need to balance it a little bit more. Like, I think that the one player is really weird. Like, I played two maps uh, by myself, and I think it helped me kind of understand the game a lot like i was did a lot better 
playing with Brad this time. Um, but like I lost the first map and the second one. I mean, it took two hours I was playing and I did two maps. That was that's a long time to have to slog through that mouse. Well, you got to get better. Get good, son. It's it's no, it's very deep. Do you play this by yourself? Yeah, sometimes. It's just too much, man. I know. where You just got to know where to go. Your mom has got to know where to go. <laughs> you got to honestly, solo play is completely different to me than multiplayer. it is really, really different. Does it always have that robot with you, or did it only do that when I was at level one? No, when you're by yourself, you have that robot, and the robot can, it makes everything easy, basically. It's yeah. easy. It, it auto-targets enemies, you just point at stuff on the ceiling, and it knocks it down for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're left to housekeep, <laughs> basically, yeah. which is fine. That's it's a, it's a little bit more chill. I, you know, you're left to housekeep and figure out where the hell to go next. Uh, it's still a lot of shit to deal with I just think that like the the amount of minerals and like it's just it's a lot to deal with like it'll fucking like not get enough like restocks Mm -hmm. of ammunition yeah in one player versus like when you have two players well you're carrying twice as many things you're carrying twice as much ammunition and at like the level two, like the regular difficulty setting instead of like the level one, like easy setting. I don't know. That's a shitload of guys to kill. Well, I'll run out of ammunition before they've given me enough um, enough credits to call down an ammunition restock. Well, I'll give you a little tip, Eric. Your robot friend does not run out of ammunition. So yeah, I know. But don't shoot is... things for a while. Run away. Let it kill stuff for you. It is that is that is called cheating. It's called kiting, and it's a legitimate strategy. <laughs> everyone in everyone I play with, kiting. everyone I, I run, play with is like, we gotta stop and fight. I'm just run away for a bit and reestablish. Everyone's like, panic. I gotta kill. Just run, run away. There's no. We don't have a time limit. We run as far as run. Just run, 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 run. And and hence this why it took an hour to beat that map. I I generally well also you gotta worry about cave complexity and and stuff like that you know if you pick an easy cave you got there'll generally just be a single path forward and you just got to find mm-hmm. that single path i love it it's a good game it's a it's a good game i'm hitting max cap i still just want to keep playing it i don't it's just i just enjoy the, the i just enjoy oh, yeah. the, the time Even i mean by- that's i think that's that's what you, you need that kind of depth and that kind of freedom i think it it takes a lot nowadays for a video game to really capture my interest like i finally i finally went in on uh stardew valley that finally started to click for me but everything else is like very few and far between this is this is worth my time i think i i, I enjoy it and it's nice to be playing co-op games with friends again i feel so, like it's 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 been really since um uh borderlands borderlands 2 really it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So what else have you been up to? Well, uh, watching a little bit of Japanese wrestling. Ooh, How about that? Ooh. Japanese wrestling is really good. It is. Well, the, the, the match is from 2004. Not all that great, but. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about. I, well, we'll, t- we'll talk about all of it. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, this is previews. Mm-hmm. This is a teaser. Right. Um. No, I mean, if I have 
I've had too many people like making references to um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, so I went and bought it for sixty dollars. You get all three seasons, and it's at least sixty episodes worth of content. So they're like a dollar each. It's great and well worth it. I, I mean, I bought it on uh, Google Play, so you can watch it on YouTube and. Anything that has a YouTube app, you can watch it there. I, it's, I've said before, it's how I prefer to get my content. But, yeah, God almighty, it's been a while since I've watched it. I don't think there's ever been... I think it's dumb to say it's not an anime. It is essentially, what's the difference? I, I would call it, it's the best martial arts anime I've ever seen. I fucking love it so much. It's It's really, really, really good. So it's weird to check in with it again, but it is <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. It's comfort food? It is. I don't even know if I'd call it that. It's very just deeply satisfying and well done. That sounds like comfort food to me. Mm, comfort food is like fucking like a big pot of starch. This is this is I mean, I don't know. It's. It's just excellence. I don't know what to tell you. Comfort food's all sugar. Um, comfort food is like comfort stuff that tastes good. Um, um, well, I mean, it's a it's a Michael Bay turn your brain off popcorn movie. That's that's a that's a guilty pleasure. I don't think so. I don't have those except that first Macklemore album. <laughs> see, you you have your own. Yeah, see, you're already breaking your own rule. That's the only, and I just, I don't like feeling guilty. I don't, I don't feel like feeling guilty about it. And I also don't like enjoying it. Well, here, I I I don't, when they call it a guilty pleasure, it's not, I feel guilty about it. It's just trashy things I like. Comfort food is just good things. I like that I will return to whenever I, you know, need to pick me up or I don't know what else to watch or, or do. I just, you know, like, I know I can rely, like the thing is comfort food to me. Mm Mm-hmm. I understand where you're coming from. I just feel like that is a very personal definition, and that that is fine, though. Well, no, I mean, I understand I can, what you mean to say. I'm going to go to Wikipedia right now, and I can change it, and it will suddenly be the accepted. Then it'll be correct. It'll be canon. yeah. That's... You're editing the source code of reality, just like that guy in that book that you wrote. <laughs> So speaking of Japanese wrestling, Eric. Oh, are we are we gonna talk about more G one matches? We're not gonna talk I about... watched one. Okay. Which one did you watch? I watched Kenny Omega fight a guy that I don't know. Uh which do you remember that the happened, name? That happened Was, was it yes was it yesterday? Morning? It was Saturday morning, yeah. That was Sonata then. Sonata's fucking awesome. I really Sonata's I, you can, all the Sonata I, it's, matches. It's, it's full of pretty rad dudes. It's so, it's 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 pretty full of them. Sonata's had a really good G one. His all his matches are really entertaining. He's a rising star. Absolutely, he's a, a he's he he is he's of the slew of uh handsome handsome battle contestants of the G one. Sonata is one of them. There many people can they they argue not only who the best matches are but who has the most handsome match. And Ibushi versus Sonata probably was the winner. I think in the consensus on the internet. I, Kenny Omega is very good. Sonata's very good. And surprisingly, they had a very good match. I've been watching lots of G1. Uh, it's still very good. It's a great tournament. It's, it's, in watching those old matches that we've been doing and then watching this, it's 
also very stark about how New mm-hmm. Japan has changed and also how some of the wrestlers that we had that are in those old matches have changed, you know, how they've moved forward over the years or in some ways regressed or it's it's very fascinating. We'll talk about it. I just I have been spending a lot of time on it, so I'll I'll, I'll mention that. It's uh, going to be a four hour talk. No, nah, it won't. We will not go that long. I promise. One minute discussion for every match that we're that i that i have to watch we're not gonna do that <laughs> we're not doing that i i you should not you don't need to study them like it's your dissertation it's okay okay i'm just picking on you uh i have a few other things i want to touch on uh a video game that's not a dwarf space mining game mm-hmm. nino kuni 2 revenant kingdom is this a new game uh this year am i just it's am months, i, I was gonna say months. am i thinking of the original i thought that even this this sequel was a little bit older no this i mean older it came, than this year it came out earlier this year like maybe f- five mm-hmm. months ago or something um it was on sale on humble bundle for half off so i bought it um it is it is a sequel to that you know that old game famously was uh very it was in collaboration with studio ghibli so it looked beautiful. You know, it had Ghibli animation and art design in it. Um, and it was, it played more like, kind of like Pokemon in a way. Like you had summon, it was like built around you leveling up summons. Like you'd have creatures that you controlled and then you went into combat and did stuff. Um, very good voice acting and writing. But this game is, I guess, set in the same universe, but it's incredibly different. Um, it is closer, it hews closer to a traditional JRPG, um, where you are, here, I'll tell you how the game starts, Eric. It mm-hmm. starts with you being, you're the president of the United States. That sounds, that's, that, that like sounds every, good, I like, like this. Like every JRPG you've ever played. Um, you know, I'm remembering Chrono Trigger started and you were the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So you're the president of the United States and you're in a limousine driving to a city as as one one does as one does and then a nuke goes off in the city you're in uh you get blown away and then you wake up in the bedroom of a young half cat boy king who is in the middle of a coup his he is getting overthrown by the mouse people the grimalkin i guess they're animal people technically they can there are lots of they're mostly mice but they're also it doesn't matter you're and then you're suddenly helping this little this boy king out and then you go on an adventure and you have your surface it has like that typical jrpg stuff you know you have an overworld and then you go into smaller worlds and you fight monsters it's real-time combat uh, action combat you know you attack stuff you have magic spells um it's very easy i'm on hard and i'm having zero trouble with it i might step up Mm. to the even hardest difficulty um because it is, just, I am just rolling through everything. Um, it still looks very beautiful. I think the art design is still with in collaboration with Studio Ghibli. I think they had a much lighter touch on this game than they did the first. Um, it's fun. It has. It's. It's really everything about it is very tight, and you know, you. It, it feels like kind of a little bit running down the J, the tropes of JRPGs because like you're helping a king get out of a, his castle as he's trying to get killed through secret passages. And then you're encountering sky pirates who are going to be your friends eventually. And now you're, and now you're building a kingdom. And that's kind of, I think that becomes a f- more focal point of the game as you're trying to make as this King, make a world that is peaceful, make a peaceful kingdom. Um, 
I'm like five hours, six hours in. It's fun so far. I really, I like it. And apparently, it's I really would like to. I would really like to play a JRPG. It's apparently is it a PS4 it, exclusive. Did you say that? No, it's on everything. Okay, then maybe on, I will I, play I, it for something. I have it on PC. Oh, okay. I I wish I could get it. Can I get it? I wonder if I can, can I get it for Switch. That's exactly how I prefer to play it. I don't, probably not. I don't think it's on Switch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. PS PC and PS4. Um, it looks very nice. It plays very well. I like it a lot. Um, my final thing is a little thing. Uh, it's a book I got for my birthday. It is called Deep Dark Fears by Fran Krause. Do you know of this, Eric? Have you heard of this? I do not know the book nor the author. Uh, I mean, it's art. It's an art. It's. I guess it's. it was a webcomic. I guess you could call uh-huh. it that. It feels... Basically, people would send in their fears. And she would draw it. Yep. And they're in and they're all four panel uh two by two grid and some of them it, it's really it's really interesting because some of them are just really flippant and dumb like they're they're completely irrational fears right but the way they're illustrated really it makes them feel uh, it gives them kind of the 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 portent that i feel like we carry with our fears I don't know. It's it's a it's a, a a neat little tiny book a collection, um, that I've wanted for a while, and I'm it's it's nice to dip in and read them once in a while, just to look at them. They're the the art is relatively simple, but it I think it does a really good job of capturing and allowing room, kind of with empty space and allowing these sometimes really stupid fears to breathe and let you actually it really actually carries the weight of what you know what you think of as a fear you know we all we all have fears but this is a way to like you know like that kind of the kind of fears you had when you were a kid and you're worried like if my leg sticks out from the covers i'm worried that a spider will get me and it Mm -hmm. makes it makes no sense but you felt it terrified that as a kid or something like it, it 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 manages to communicate it very well and I really like it. There's also there's a oh you can go online and read a lot of them too. I am doing that right now. Right. That's about it. That's what I got. So Eric. So Robbie. You ready for this? I yes. I yes. It's a new Apple product coming out in next year. It's called the IES. Hush. It, it makes your decisions for you. Stop. <laughs> we can move on. To our final segment, it's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. This week, we are discussing Spider-Man One More Day by J. Michael Straczynski and Joe Quesada uh, for issue 2007 miniseries uh, in the aftermath of Civil War that would launch into Brand New Day and Dan Slott's uh, start on writing Spider-Man, which just his run just ended. Um, and this is the comic book that ended the Peter Parker Mary Jane relationship and wedding marriage over through a literal deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. Well, not the devil, a devil. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mephisto is as close as you get to a Christian devil in 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 the Marvel universe. In the Marvel sure. universe. I so you have you read this before? No, no, I never even came close to it. Like, I honestly, I was so far away from Spider-Man. I think it, it might even been you were the first person that told me 
that they were divorced, but maybe or they weren't together because this is not this is not a divorce. Maybe I thought they were divorced, but because this happened. that's that's I, a thing that happens in norm, with normal people when they don't mm-hmm. they're in a, their marriage ends they get divorced. Um, I I can't remember where I I heard of this, but this is absolutely the first time I've seen any of these pages. Okay, uh, I read this when it came out. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew I'd hate it, and just like it, it, history repeats itself. So I make myself read it again, even though I know I hate it. Um, I was super into comic books when it came out. It was one of my you know runs in comic books where I was like, oh, I'm so into. It. I was reading Civil War. I was so into Civil War. I was into everything that was going on. I was reading. I, I Spider Man used to be my favorite superhero. And I'm not unique in that, um, mm-hmm. but at, when I was a kid, it was Spider-Man and Wolverine. I love Spider-Man. I read, I read tons of Spider-Man. Um, he was my favorite superhero, and and at the time of Civil War, I was reading what, three different Spider-Man books. I think I was buying, I was buying and reading three different Spider-Man books. And I, this is, I was not doing any of this for a podcast because I didn't have one. I was just, hey, I like Spider-Man, so I'm gonna buy and read Spider-Man. Um, and then this book happened, and I stopped reading Spider-Man. Pretty much, I mean, we still read issues here and there for the podcast, but I don't read them. I don't read Spider-Man recreationally anymore. I read old Spider-Man recreationally, I guess. I, I stopped reading Spider-Man because of this comic book. And it kind of made me stop reading comic books for a while, honestly, until the, we started the podcast. Um, I hate this. <laughs> I... I reading this again i it just it instantly filled me with that rage i think it's really interesting that's so fresh on you that it's it, it it's i don't know it still gets this much a reaction like i think if i went back and read something i wonder if there's anything even comparable that I could go back and read and see how I felt about it now. Cause most things maybe, maybe actually going back and reading the crow, maybe I would probably hate that the same amount. I, if not more, I, I don't, I try not to get super angry at things mm-hmm. because it's not healthy. It's not good. Is this going to be a, uh, uh, an X four style rant? I'm going to try not to rant. I'm going to try and remain two, 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 rational. Two hours. I'm going to try and remain relatively rational. Let, let me let me let me Terry gross you about <laughs> your rage for this. Oh god. It 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 is not without its problems. And I can't think of I can't think of I I don't understand why someone would think that they would want this. And I can't I don't understand why someone would think that any of these things are a good idea you know well that that's partly why i'm like there's there's and that's the thing there's layers to my anger at this and it's not simply they took away the thing i liked which i mean don't get me wrong it is a big part of it they took away the thing i feel like I, i feel like that's kind of the core of this it's hard to see it as anything else there's more to it than that it sure. is, but it is certainly a big part. Is they took away the thing I liked that I liked for years, for decades, mm-hmm. my whole life, basically as a comic book reader. I was a child reading Spider Man, reading Peter Parker, reading Mary Jane Watson. They were a couple. I was never a Gwen Stacy person. I was too old for me as a child. 
Peter Parker. I knew about Gwen Stacy, but he was with Mary Jane now, and I watched them get married. I watched them live out their relationship. I watched them him watch. I watched Spider Man, you know, do fight fight super super villains and do all this different stuff. But always, their relationship was a constant in the comic books, the Spider Man comics I was reading. And you ask why people would do this? It's because they were tired of writing Spider-Man comics where he's married, is the answer. That's the answer. It's There's no other reason. That's, like, th- that's one of the other things. It's, like, the visibility of editorial mandate on this thing is so frank and easy to see. It's so... It's not... There's nothing character-based about this. It is the opposite. It's, no, it is... Well, I mean, it's obvious that every stitch of it is deus ex machina like literally like the devil shows up and says "Eh, uh you know this thing that happened for essentially no reason i'm gonna end it for essentially no reason but like what has to happen is what these guys who funded this book it's what they want no it's it is so insanely transparent it doesn't even it doesn't even make sense in the confines of this for fucking mephisto to show up and say i eat people's unhappy <laughs> like it's fucking it's that's the dumbest thing i've ever seen so that is the, the editorial mandate is joe Casada, one the man in charge the editor-in-chief didn't like peter marker being married he liked Peter Parker being a single character. As a fan, he has said this himself. He has said, I don't like him being married. I always appreciated him more when he was single. Well, I I don't care how you feel, Joe Casada. You can go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Peter, how many marriages that last a long time are in superhero comic books? Not very many. It, it was novel then, and it is even more novel now. And because you're Oh, it's too hard to make things good. I don't care. You're a writer. You're an artist. Make it. Do it. it it's easier writing him when he's singing. I don't care how easy it is. I'm I'm sorry. And then the other other reason is, oh, well, pe- people, fans, they don't want to read a married Spider-Man. They want to read a single Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. With the Doc Ock ghost inside him. With the Doc Ock ghost inside of him. Uh, That's that. We took a survey. <laughs> and Joe Casada and Dan Slott were the only people in the room. Mm-hmm. And they said, and you, Doc Ock they ghost. They said, let's do it. Yep, that sounded good to them. Two, It was two to nothing. So 100% mm-hmm. unanimous. 100%. So, the, uh, there's other, so Ultimate Spider-Man existed at the time. Which guess, yeah. which, guess what, Eric? What was that? It was a single Spider-Man. It was a it was a Peter Parker that it, it was not in a relationship. Um, so people could and did read Ultimate Spider-Man for that. Um, and I'll, I'll, this is the other thing that is it, it still boggles my mind. It's not only applicable to this comic because we all, we will get into the content of this comic book, but I I think covering the things around out outside of it are just as important because. It is a thing that still happens constantly, and it just it's mind-boggling to me. Where they say, "Oh yeah, comic book readers want to read single Spider-Man. They don't. They want to read a Peter Parker that is not married, 
maybe has a girlfriend and then like Seinfeld, she gets a super villain illness and vanishes. Um, Peter Parker's rough. He's uh, he's kind of rude. And so she leaves or she attacks him because she's a super villain. There were how long did Spider-Man exist as a character before he married Mary Jane Watson? Decades is the answer. Or late eighties, maybe maybe eighty. I'm I'm thinking mid late eighties. Mid late eighties. That sounds right. So that's that's, that's what that's what that's, feels. That's go ahead. Twenty years. Yep. Twenty years of Spider Man as a single single guy, and he and he you know dated Gwen Stacy, and then he dated Mary Jane, and then they got married, and he was a married character for fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years, and then this happened. Those twenty years of comic books where he was a single character. Don't just vanish. They're still there. And it just and it and it, it it gives insight into how Marvel and superhero comics in general look at their back like you have this unbelievably valuable back catalog of material. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comic books. Thousands of comic books. Hundreds in the case of Amazing Spider Man, but then thousands and thousands of issues. Why aren't you selling them? Why aren't you marketing? The old stories of Spider-Man. If you want to sell a Spider-Man that is single, they exist. There's hundreds of them. Put them, yeah, in, put them in trade you... and put them in comic book stores. Put them in bookstores. Look at Spider-Man. 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 Look, this is a spider tale of Spider-Man with whatever. You can market. There's hundreds of ways to market it. And no, they focus on the thing that's coming out next week. And only that. And they still do that. They still do that to this day where they change characters to make them more like this to, to appeal to some market. You have market your old comic books that that fill that niche. You idiots. You already own them. They're free. You don't even have to pay for them anymore. The You'd have to pay someone probably to scan them and paint them and do all that stuff. The ones that aren't already. True. But I... That's where the labor is. It's that is it's a it, it's a thing that they still do, and they still talk about. Yeah, we had to change this character this way because people want like. Well, people can go. Why don't you just sell them the old comic books that are that already? It's a sale at the end of the day. Why does it matter if it's the new comic book? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because your whole business is built around marketing issues that are coming out this week and then forgotten about as soon as they're out here's the reason is they have to justify their jobs as content creators so yeah they're going to double down on ideas instead of leveraging i mean that's a smart thing to do in business hey i have this back catalog you know mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean it sounds ghoulish but anytime like when len wayne died why why aren't you selling all of his shit? Why isn't there a Len Wein collection out for every yeah. character he wrote? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's 0% different from what the record companies do. <laughs> no, it, I mean, and they do it for a reason because it's free to them. All they have to do is pay for printing, basically. Yeah, it's the fucking long tail. You'd think that over the course of all of these years with all this back catalog, whatever they have, even if it's incomplete... You can still, I, I mean, I, I mean, I do agree with you that they should be doing more of this. There's, there are like the classics books, and there's things like that, but it's there. 
there, but the I mean, ma- in those... general, the, in general, they, they don't market this shit at all. No, the marketing is that. I mean, they barely market new comic books, frankly. Yeah, that's but... what I'm saying. They don't know what they're. They don't know how to get it into people's hands. They're not even thinking about that. And the Marvel Masterwork books are not. They're not good. They're 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 their print quality is bad. They're like not good books. Like I don't want to yeah, read a book that, that way. Well, they printed on they printed on newsprint. They they make it cheap so they can sell you like you know six or seven trades in one book printed on newsprint because they can print it on black and white they don't have to have it colored honestly i think it's a bargain it's like getting a fucking manga i think they're great personally most people aren't like you that's fine <laughs> I, people can be wrong all they want <laughs> okay so i think they're i think they're fabulous it's it, it so th- there's all there's that Easily the visible. Hey, here's literally editorial mandate, just writ large, right here. And there's no reason for there's no. It's not like Spider-Man comics were selling poorly at the time. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man comics were doing fine. Spider-Man comics are have are, Spider-Man is the most rec- him and Batman. Those are the two. Oh yeah. Everyone and most people say Spider-Man's number one and in worldwide recogniz- recognizability. And Batman is number two. But either way, they're both right there. One or two. Um, there was no reason to do this. They just did it because Joe they did it because Joe Casada said so. And even J. Michael Shasinski, the guy who wrote this, didn't want to do it. But ultimately he's, you know, work for hire. So he did it because he was told to. Um so that makes me sick. That this character that I really liked, that they the character that I'd grown up with is changing. Because a dude said so, changing fundamentally. And the thing that bothers me the most is it betrays the character. I can't... The Peter Parker that makes this choice is not a Peter Parker that I, I'm a fan of. And it's ultimately why I've never... I've not followed this comic book since. I've not... I've not... I've not subscribed. I've not bought single issues of Spider-Man in the intervening 11 years. I don't like... I don't want to I'm not rooting for a Peter Parker that makes this choice because it's not Peter Parker with great power comes great responsibility. It is the fucking best single ethos for a superhero that's ever existed. It is perfect. And this comic book betrays it. And it's gross. It's like that's what it is. It's disgusting. Like Peter Parker became a superhero because he was responsible sort of for his uncle's death, you know. Enough to, to understand, you know, uh, he's responsible enough for you to go understand why he feels the way he does. And he's not fully responsible because that's part of it. You know, it doesn't matter if he's not. He blames himself all the way anyway. That is fully Peter Parker. If there's a way for him to feel guilt, he does it. Mm-hmm. And presupposing that we have to like all this is made up anyway. You know, Aunt May doesn't need to get shot by a sniper. But given this situation. You know, this is what they give us as the the creative team of this book. They give us this situation where this is in the the wake of Civil War, where Peter Parker has publicly revealed his identity as Spider-Man, and now he is a part of the the Rebels caps cap side, the 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 group that's on the run, so to speak, and a sniper tries to kill him, instead hits Aunt May, and she is dying. So we are given this situation, and he does. I, I ultimately like 
I feel like this story could be great if it doesn't end with a literal deal with a fucking devil, where we see him go crazy with grief and anger and guilt, and he talks to Tony Stark at the time they hated each other, and convinces they convince oh yeah we get the money to take care of her in the in the hospital then he goes to dr strange and through dr strange we see a a a little bit of him trying to do you know deal can dr strange save her can mr fantastic save her can dr doom save her can we any of these crazy people with superpowers and mystical energy and whatever can they do anything to save her and dr strange's answer at the end of the day is sometimes people just die and there's nothing you can do and if it ended there, or let's say it ends with, hey, the devil does show up and say, hey, you can, you can save her. All it will cost you is your marriage. And we, the, all the stupid fear, the misery eating and all that, what the fuck stuff that they just wrote in there to make it make sense, I guess. Um, and we see these alternate versions of Peter and Peter at the end of the day says, no, I'm uh, this isn't no i can't because with great power comes great responsibility it is my fault and i will keep it on my shoulders i will watch my aunt die and i will deal with it because that's what spider-man does he's a little skinny guy he's a nerd but he heaps the world on his shoulders and he carries it and it doesn't matter what it is but they don't do that he makes a deal with the devil and he wakes up and everything's new it's not peter parker i'm interested in no thanks so what what's what's different about how you feel about it now, assuming that like everything that you just said is all fresh? What's different about now and then? Are you are do you feel any different about it at all? Um, did you just immediately throw it down in disgust and not think about it? Um, or did you have all of that articulated in your head? I mean, I the, about the character pretty much at the time I knew that, yeah. I mean, I don't. I did not. I was not interested in Brand New Day. I said, I, 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 no, no interest. Do not give a single shit. I don't care who you put on the book. I don't care. You, you, why? Why did you? You did this because you wanted to. Because it was easier for you. There was no fan outcry demanding Peter Parker be single. Literally none. Like the only reason they didn't take it back is because. They their sales were okay still at the time. Like you know, like it 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 certainly echoes to recently with all that Marvel shit that went down when they they had changed all their their legacy characters to new people. They had Secret Empire go on, and now they reverse course on all of it because their mm -hmm. sales got hurt, and so they reverse course. It didn't happen on this. It didn't matter enough, I guess, for them to change it again. And now they're we're getting. Nick Spencer hinting, oh yeah, yeah, the relationship again with Mary Jane. I that's I, I'll every Spider-Man run, you know. I, after like when we started the podcast, I was like, eh, I'll give it a shot. You know, time has a time erases some wounds, as as I'm sure that saying goes exactly like that. Um, I'll give I gave dance, you know, I gave every iteration, every version of Spider-Man, I gave it a shot, and it never felt right. I don't I don't know. It just doesn't feel like old Spider-Man to me. I know I don't know if that means with Mary Jane, it's just this Spider-Man is still that guy. He's still the guy that chose to take a deal with the devil. That never de like 
that never decided to take it upon his shoulders to, to deal with the fact that, yeah, I re- might be somewhat responsible for Aunt May's death. Because that's what Spider-Man does. He faces it head on. And I don't know. It, it, it I don't rereading it makes me angry again, but most of the people involved in this are gone. You know, most of these people aren't with Marvel anymore. Um, will, would, is there a possibility that new Spider-Man book will have him actually make up and eventually date Mary Jane again? I don't know. Um, I like the idea of it. It's not really even the Mary Jane thing that bothers me. It's mostly the fact that someone would willingly write a comic. They would willingly create a comic book that they, that flies directly in the face of what a character stands for. They're, they're, they're flagship character. The number one character. And it's it's just it's mind boggling to me. And it, it's frustrating and it, it it's makes me angry. And has anything changed between now and then? I mean I'm I'm older and I don't get as angry at dumb nerd stuff as I used to. Doesn't sound like it. Well this one this feels I'm like just... it I've reread this one and <laughs> makes me it re it reopened old wounds. There's no other characters like that would like, you know. Wolver- I don't care about Wolverine the same way I did, you know. Mm-hmm. They could do any. They've done plenty of terrible stuff to Wolverine, uh, but mostly I don't care about it. This maybe it's just because I care so much about this character because I cared about when I was a kid and I cared about when I was a teenager and I cared about when I was a young adult. When you, it's still there. They've done nothing. They, you know, and there's not. I don't know if there is something they can do aside from make. I mean, Dan Slott went a million different directions with the character, and I didn't really like any of them. Bless his heart, he tried, I, and many people liked it. But it's the thing is that I hold a lot of resentment about this comic book, and some, and there's certainly other people who do too. But I think that. I don't know. There, there's a lot of issues that are underlying it. There's the editorial mandate part and the, the fact that they want to make a character that is young and fresh for new and young readers and they don't want a married character. They don't think that's relatable. How do you make a character that's literally been around since the 60s new and fresh? That's the thing. It's the dumbest thing. It is very dumb. And Miss Marvel is like, hey, that's what happened. You yes. make a new character that is relevant yeah. today. That's Miss Marvel. Like, if you want... That's why I love Miss Marvel. It's like she's Spider-Man again. Yeah, she's Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man done correctly for the 2010 generation. Exactly. And 2010s. <laughs> if you don't. I'm, I know it's 2018. Come on, guys. 2010s. Um. There, there's that layer to it, and the fact that they refuse to let characters progress too far because they don't want to because that is flies in the face of comics books but they have they certainly have the capability of doing so and that's what the one of the most refreshing things about spider-man to me always was was that you look at batman how much has batman changed in the 80 years he's been a character really not that much Mm -mm. he's gone through some robins and hey the robins get to change dick grayson has changed his character tim has changed i hate the red hood but he has changed like the robins actually get to do stuff batman's just always batman the thing i liked about spider-man was like oh yeah he was spider-man and he was a a dork a nerd peter parker uh he's gone through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and then finally 
he gets finds a girlfriend and marries her and they have a good relationship they love each other and you they he grew and things like his status quo changed subtly over the years and they just refused to do that with certain like i don't i don't know why like having and this is just a full-on reverse course like even they they have said that Oh, we wanted, and we didn't want to make it a real divorce. We wanted to make it some weird supernatural thing, which is great. Like that is the opposite. Like a divorce, at least, is something. Like it's like literally like a real thing that happens to couples. And you could, I would buy that well before I bought a deal with the devil. But they didn't want to do that. It, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's a very frustrating thing about all their legacy characters. Where they feel like they're stuck in a place and they don't want to move forward, but they also don't want to go back. So they and you're like, and I think it ties ultimately to me is how many of these things, events, things that happen like this are the things that turn off readers for good. And, you know, comic book sales fluctuate, but they're certainly they were down last year, 17 percent, I think was the number and one more day it certainly stopped me from buying any more spider-man comics i still bought some comics afterwards but it i it kind of it's only started this podcast i really didn't read very much because i was just kind of done with it like you took something from me why would i give you money and not everyone had the same reaction one more day but i i feel like some certain people have that reaction to other things of you know about civil war 2 or secret empire like how many of these events are the things that instead of bringing in new readers cuts off people forever and no. i mean i they're doing so great with it obviously they know exactly what they're doing yeah sure absolutely mm-hmm. definitely definitely aren't flying by the seat of their pants and making stuff up as they go i don't know it's just it still irks me and it's still it it just it echoes it just it it i think more than on top of it taking away the thing that i like it reflects back every single thing about superhero comics that i absolutely hate it just is emblematic of all of it all at once and reading it again just brought it all up again it made me remember how i felt then and i don't feel much better now it's just it made me remember, oh, right, yeah, this is how they think about the readers. They don't care. It's all marketing stunts. This is all toy. It makes me think, it makes you realize, like, oh, right, this is all for, a, a, this is, they are, they are not telling stories. They are creating brands. They are not making art. They are trying to take money from you in the most efficient <laughs> way possible. Like, it, that, whenever, I, I, I want to believe that superhero comics can be meaningful and can tell real stories, and they do. But then you have comic books like this, where it's clear, where it's a business decision, and everything about it is not about art. It is not about character. It is not about story. It is about the whims of editorial, the whims of an accountant. And it's not. It's it's not what I want to buy. I don't want that. It's gross. I don't know. I feel better. Is this cathartic? 
A little bit. But it doesn't... I Guess what? I'm not a Spider-Man fan anymore. Not Maybe I like, I like the concept of him. I like him up to this, basically. <laughs> and then after that, it's kind of not recognizable. I know a lot of people love Brand New Day. How? When it's after this? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how you put out this comic book and then smile about it, which is what Joe Quesada did. What do you think about the comic book itself, Eric? You know, in terms of words and pictures, mm-hmm. if we're going to if we're going to look at it on that level alone, like mm-hmm. I don't I don't dislike it, you know, and I think that's why I don't react quite so negatively when um you know, my, I have, um, I mean, I've, just Spider-Man's always been special to me. And obviously, like, the things that you say about this are 100% correct, but it doesn't, it doesn't rankle me the same way that it does you. Um, I don't know. There is some okay things in here. I, I actually did sort of like seeing the ghost of Christmas past in this, you know? with the 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 three what if stories told inside this like it's not like it's all just hot garbage he managed to do some okay writing in here um i don't like the way joe casada draws though he didn't draw every single page of this did he because some of it looks really different i think he drew all of it well then some of it he looks like he can't draw because i just i don't enjoy it Maybe there's a different anchor on some of these because it looks like a completely different person. Or he's just going so heavily off a of photo reference that it no longer looks like a a drawing of his. It just looks like a fucking, like, traced photograph. Three of the issues were inked by Danny Miki. One of them was inked by Joe himself. Okay. The colors were also different by Richard Eisenhoff and Dean White. Yeah. I don't really like Joe Casada as an artist. No, I I just... I don't really care for it. I, I think he draws Mephisto really nice, but everything else that's not Mephisto. That that Mephisto, it did look really good. But other than that, I don't like how anything looks in this. I don't like how Peter and Mary Jane look. Um, also, Peter's not that stupid when he sees himself mm-hmm. twice and then a child that is red hair. Really, Peter? No, it's pretty obvious what that was, but... Immediately? I did not enjoy. No, of course I got it immediately. No, not you, him. Like, yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's really obvious. <laughs> but I did not enjoy those scenes. And I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think like the writing in this in this books is bad. Like, I feel like the characters sound like themselves. And yeah, Peter Parker would Peter would be ripped apart with grief, and Mary Jane would want to ease his pain in any way possible, and they would still love each other despite this terrible decision. But I don't think either of them ultimately would choose. I think ultimately what Mary Mary Jane would do would say, I will agree with whatever you say. You know, she would say, hey, you decide. And then Peter would say, no. And there's nothing you could say that would convince me otherwise. And Aunt May needs to, she's needed to die for three decades. Mm-hmm. And they don't. Instead, the devil shows up. Like my my complaints really aren't about necessarily the the book itself because it you can't be because it's such clear so clear an editorial mandate like how am I gonna like it's when a transformer cartoon 
has bad art decisions. I mean, why would those characters do that? I'm like, because they want to make more fucking toys. It has nothing to do with the story of what Optimus Prime wants to do. <laughs> it's like, it is like criticizing a Michael, Michael Bay Transformers movie. Like, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't have anything to do with art. And this doesn't either. What year did this come out? Late 2007, early 2008. Okay. It's just such a stupid, cowardly, idiotic thing. So, fuck you, Joe Quesada. You on record for that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> fuck you. On behalf of all, all of us who... Want to like things? Yeah, want to like the things that we like. But you had to take it from us because you like something else. Fuck you. Go reread. Uh, go read. Go reread your fucking Gwen Stacy story if you wanted that. Anything else you want to say, Eric? Nah. I uh, I don't think it's that bad, but I would really <laughs> have rather it not be there. I'd, I'd rather it have never happened. Yeah, I don't. I could just be. I can. I can continue to be angry about this for like another half hour if you really wanted, but I don't think that's really productive. <laughs> but that was uh, Spider-Man: One More Day by Joe Casada. J. Michael Straczynski. Really should be Joe Quesada only. <laughs> J. Michael Straczynski has come out multiple times and saying he's, he's against it. Um, that, That'll be it for that today. Next episode, we'll be reading How to Read Nancy uh, by Paul Karasik and Mark Newgarden. That's another, like, the art of comics. How they work. Um, this is, I think this one just won an Eisner? If I'm not mistaken, uh, we didn't talk about the Eisners at all either. We did not. So, congrats. We did not go, though. Congrats to Emil Ferris. She won multiple Eisners and she deserves all of them. It's a fucking amazing book. I, it, God bless. It's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. So, congrats to her. Congrats to Mr. Odds for his work on Mr. Miracle. Um, but that's next week is How to Read Nancy. Um, it's in. We got it on Comixology for slim $8. So ring along with us. It'll be next time. Two weeks' time. I uh, think that'll do it for us. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour, Twitter at HBC Hour. And you can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you like the show, give it five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All those things help. Uh, helps us find new listeners. We appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I am known on both as username easygoodnight. Well, that, folks, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.